Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I'm standing here today as somebody that's been blessed by this church's giving. As most of you know, we, we took a trip to Sweden for three months and we, uh, we felt God calling us to, to go there and to do a work and to work with a local church there. And it wouldn't have been possible without the giving of this church and without the giving of, of other people in the kingdom of God that gave. Some, some of you may have given out of your provision. Some of you have, may have given out of your abundance. But one thing is for sure that you blessed us and the kingdom was blessed because of the giving. And lives are changed because of that. And I'm just so thankful that, that this church believes beyond just these four corners. That they believe in, in salvation for all. And I'm just so thankful for that. Every one of, of you that has prayed for us, that has um, partnered with us, that has worked with us um, to help us to go, <laughs> prayed for us when we were trying to uh, be patient in the process that seemed like eternal. <laughs> but God knew the perfect timing and, and God worked everything out. And I'm just so thankful. I can't say thank you enough. And I do want to, um, I don't have time to show you every single picture and every single story and every single slideshow. We'd be here for about 16 hours because I took a picture of just about everything, figuring I would just delete what I didn't want later. And I, I don't think I've deleted anything. So, But I do want to talk about um, a city that we visited and just kind of hit on a highlight of, of one thing. But before I do that, um, I'd like for Lindsay to come. She wants to... Um, Tell a, a little uh, little story about something that happened. When um, Pastor and Sister Burke asked me to testify, I thought, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but I also thought, I, we wrote three months of newsletters. What else could I say? And as I was sitting here um, this morning in service, I just really felt to talk about something that we didn't talk very much about in the newsletters, and that was how many spiritual battles we had to fight in Sweden, because it is such such a dark place spiritually. The majority of people there don't even believe that there is a God, and um, they really don't want anything to do with God. Now, not everybody's like that, but... In an atmosphere like that, it is very dark, and um, we traveled to different cities in Sweden that didn't even have churches there or any apostolic people, and you could just feel such a heaviness there. And um, one of the places Titus is going to talk about, um, but I just wanted to share, I don't want to point out anybody specifically because I know a lot of people did pray for us and cover us and it wasn't just one person's prayer but um, Sister Lonnie texted me a few days after we had 
been in Gothenburg. And she said, what happened on such and such night? Like, God woke me up in the middle of the night to pray for you. Demons were attacking you. And I thought, what, what night was that? And me and Titus realized it was the day that we were praying in Gothenburg. And I just can't help but think what could have happened in the spirit, what could have happened could have attacked me and destroyed me, but I didn't feel any of it because I was covered in prayer. And I know it wasn't just Sister Lonnie. I know many of you guys, including Pastor and Sister Burke, have been covering us in prayer when we were there. So I just want you to know that your prayers matter. They made a difference in our lives while we were there and in the lives of the people that were there. There was um, one lady in the church who has been through so much. Her family had been completely torn apart, and they have walked away from God. And she told me, your presence here, you, you and your family here are making a difference in my family. Her family that didn't really want anything to do with God anymore were starting to ask her questions about God. And, and she told them about us, and they're like, who are they? What are they doing? Like, they were really interested in it wasn't us, but it was your prayers, and it was God's spirit working through us. So I just want to say thank you for your prayers, and keep praying for the people in Sweden. They really need your prayers. Well, I do want to talk uh, for just a few minutes about just a small um, area that we went into. Um, well, it's actually a pretty large area, but we've seen a very small part of it. But it's, a, it's called Gothenburg. It's the second largest city in, in Sweden. And we, we mostly traveled around the Stockholm area. When you have a, a, a three-month pass, you can jump on any bus and any train and whatever. But we, we had to take about a three-hour uh, train ride to Gothenburg. And uh, we just really felt, I felt before we even went to Sweden that that was something that God was laid on my heart to do, was to go there and to pray. There's no... Um, there's no church there that we know of that's um, really preaching the truth. There's not many churches there. Most of the churches are, are empty. And uh, uh, we just went there and, and, and felt like certain areas we needed to highlight to pray. But I want to show you a couple pictures of that, if you could show the first one. So this is, uh, this is uh, what they call, uh, I think it's Fiskorka. And uh, it translates to fish church. And this is where they sell. This is where they sell uh, fish. It was closed at the time, I think, because of COVID. But um, this was like one of the main areas, like highlights of of Gothenburg. And this this area, um, they they did a lot of selling fish for several years. Um, they still have a market there um, when it's open. I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but. It's been open for several years, but people call it the fish church because it looks like a church. And um, that's just one of the pictures we took. You can go to the next slide. This is a picture outside of there of a man selling fish, like a, a statue of a man selling fish. And we prayed. We walked around there a few times. We did some laps and just kind of walked around, didn't, didn't try to like you know, act crazy or anything and draw a bunch of attention. But we just prayed that God would raise up fishers of men, that God would raise up a church there that um, 
would be able to reach that community. There's, there's about 600,000 people in that city. And then in the whole surrounding area, metro area, there's, over, uh, there's about 1.6 million people there in that whole surrounding area. So a very large, um, large area to be without a church. Uh, you can go to the next slide. That's the front of it, the Fiskorka. Yes, and um, apparently there is a lot of fish that was sold there throughout the years. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, we just did some walking around there and just prayed that you know that God would just wake up people and that God would just illuminate people's hearts and lives and let them be open to Him. And it was definitely a city that. It was hard to describe, but um, it's, it's very strange to go to an area where you, you don't really know if there's truth or not, where there's a lot of people walking around that they're alive, but doesn't seem like there's much life going on in the spirit, in, in, in light. There's just a lot of darkness. You can go to the next slide. And this is just one of the waterways like going towards that fish church. Um, just another picture, a lot of canals there, a lot of uh, uh, waterways. This is on the west coast of, uh, of Sweden. You could actually um, take a boat from Gothenburg and go over to, to Denmark from here or go up north to uh, Norway. Uh, you can go to the next slide. So these are just uh, just some of the areas we walked through. Um, this city is very beautiful. Um, it's a lot of nature like intertwined with um, within the city. Uh, it's almost like they cater to the the uh, people uh, on foot and the people on their bikes. Probably the the, the bicyclists more than anything, uh, but they cater to them even more than like uh, people driving their cars because the nature is so beautiful in all the walkways. You can go to the next one. And we went to an area called Haga, and this is kind of like um, really, uh, I guess, um, there's a lot of cafes, there's a lot of shops there. This is like a really old area of, of Gothenburg. And we just went through there, and um, we just um, prayed through that area, but we also um, ingested one of the largest, uh, they call it kenobule, it's just a cinnamon roll or cinnamon bun that we've ever seen. It was like as big as... Like, about that big. <laughs> so that was fun. Someone told us that they have huge ones, and we, we got there, and we just couldn't believe how big they were. I think we all shared one, so <laughs> it was that big. But, yeah, we just prayed for this area and prayed that people would just wake up to the truth of God, like wake up to what God is wanting to do in their lives. There's just a lot of busyness, a lot of people that are moving around, a lot of people... Uh, just doing things in the physical, but they're, they're spiritually dead, and God wants to wake them up. God wants to show them life. You can go to the next one. And this is just a, a, just a walkway at night. Um, just, it's kind of funny, I thought, because all the pedestrians and the bikes go in the middle of the road, and then on the sides is where the cars drive, so I just like that. <laughs> it's kind of nice walking right in the middle of the road, but not having to worry about cars, because it's just like a pathway. You can go to the next slide, too. 
So this uh, was just a, um, an area, it's kind of like the, I would say probably uh, like the main highlight of the city. Um, this is kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of trying to be artsy or something here, I don't know. But I thought it was interesting. This is an area where I prayed, and there's a, there's a statue of Poseidon that is like right in the square. And while we were there, there was a huge gathering that just started forming of people that were, uh, they were protesting for uh, climate stuff. Um, like they were just, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. I don't know who they were trying to appeal to, but they had a lot of uh, signs saying stuff about climate, um, you know, try to save the planet, that type of stuff. But they were chanting and they were playing their drums and they were getting real loud and, and they just started gathering and getting bigger and bigger. And I just thought, you know, um, let's, let's just kind of get above this. So there's like an area um, that's above this, above that square. It's a museum. That's what I'm looking at there. And um, we just went up to this walkway by, by the front of this museum where they don't even use that entrance anymore. And we just paced back and forth and just prayed prayed that all the spirits of, of this city would be tore down, the spirits that, that are not of God, and that the Spirit of God would, would, would take its rightful place, that God would be able to take his rightful place as the king on the throne of this city. And I just like looked up and I seen like an open door, like I just seen that God has the door open for this city, that God wants to save Gothenburg. You can go to the next slide. And this is the door that I seen. That's the square. It's, it's hard to see from here, but there was a huge gathering of people. Like there was hundreds of people and they just kept getting bigger and bigger. But I just thought, man, what, what would happen if all these people's lives were transformed and they were, they were out there worshiping the Lord? They're out there. And I don't know, maybe they were uh, protesting for something just. I'm not going to even like discuss that. But I, but I know that what they could do with the power of God working in their life. And God is, is desiring these people, God is desiring to, to give them life and to give them hope. And so the door is open. I believe that the door is open. But we just need to pray that God would send somebody to that city to, to reach that city, somebody that could um, just find people that are hungry, that are thirsty for the things of God. And you can go to the last picture. It's just kind of a panoramic view of that square where all the people were gathered and us kind of up above it. But we just felt like when we went up higher, not that there's anything spiritual about just physically going up higher, but we just kind of went above it and got our mind off of the need, uh, off of the, 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 the great needs of the city as far as the, the, the task of reaching all these people. It's like, what can you do as one person or a family or just a couple people? But, but when you begin to pray, things start to happen in the spirit. We felt some things breaking. We felt like God was speaking life. In, we were speaking life into the atmosphere and God was speaking through us. And so we felt something change. We felt like that if nothing else, that we went to that city just to Pray prayers that will never die. Pray prayers that, that God will always hear, that he will always have before him, and that 
he will answer at the right time in due season. And we know that the harvest is, is very great. And we're just praying that God would send laborers. God would send people that are kingdom-minded, that are not trying to build their own kingdoms, but they're trying to build the kingdom of God. And so I just want to thank you for making that possible. This is just a small like, um, portion of our story, but it was something that we felt like was so powerful that God did. And it just putting feet on the ground of a place that has so much darkness, that needs the light of Jesus Christ, was was huge. It was monumental. We didn't really know how it would be, but we really felt like God broke some things that day, and we felt like God is going to raise up a church there, a church that speaks truth and speaks life. But I want to go ahead and get into the Word of God today, and um, I just want us to, if can we can we pray for Gothenburg right now, and can we pray? Um, for, the, for the, the message today that the hearts and lives here would be open to the word of God. Why don't we do that right now? Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that you went to great lengths, Lord, to speak life and to speak truth to our hearts, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you want to reach this great city, Lord, of Gothenburg. I pray, Jesus, that these hearts and these lives, Jesus, would be open to your spirit, Lord. Let their hearts long, Jesus, for the truth. Let them not stop until they have it, God. Let them not stop seeking until they find, Lord. Let them not stop knocking upon the door, Jesus. Lord, until the door is open to them, Lord. Let there be laborers that go forth, Jesus, to Gothenburg, Lord. Let them raise up a church, Jesus, a church, Lord, that is strong and mighty, that has their identity in you, Jesus, that is full of truth and full of life and full of Lord, hope, God, and light today, Jesus. Let your spirit, Lord, fill hearts and lives, God, as they hunger and thirst, Jesus, for you. I pray that they would turn, Lord, and repent, God. I pray that they would turn to you, Jesus, and repent, Lord. Let them turn, Lord, and humble themselves before you and save their city, God. Lord, let them save their city by turning and laying their lives down before you. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you for it. God, I pray that you would speak today. God, I, I pray that hearts would be open, Jesus, to your word, God, to your truth today, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you today about the way, the truth, and something is missing. Something is missing. So we have often ask ourselves, uh, what is life? What is life about? Is life just a set of experiences? Is it just moments here and there that we remember? How do you know when you have life? How do you know when you are living life? How do you know if your life is what you want it to be? How do you know if you're fulfilling the purpose for your life? How do we know the meaning and the purpose of our life? How do we know if our life even has a purpose? These might be uh, some deep questions right now. 
maybe it's a little too early for that. But I know there's times in our life when we, when we often question, is this what life is supposed to be like? Am I fulfilling my purpose on this earth? Am I living life? The Bible tells us that life is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We only have a short amount of time on this earth and we have, we have an even shorter amount of time to find out how to live it. Because if we don't figure it out, then it's over. We all want our life to matter and we all want to be satisfied with the time that we spent by fulfilling our purpose. We don't want to waste our life. Nobody wants to waste their life. But what is that purpose and how do we fulfill the purpose of life? This world seems to be so obsessed with confronting us every single day with the question about our lives and how we can be satisfied and how we should live. We have things like life cereal. Stuff is delicious. Is this what life tastes like? Life cereal? We have Life Magazine, Life Insurance. People are dying to get that. Life Insurance. We have the game of life. You can retire in the millionaire's area, or you can retire in like kind of an old beat up country home or something. I don't know. But we have the game of life. I hate to land on those ones where I have another kid because my van is totally full. <sighs> we have lifestyles of the rich and famous. Well, probably not anymore. I think it stopped in like the 90s. But we have life lock, you know. Your life is not safe because your identity could be stolen, stolen and then your life is ruined. Life lock. And right now, a lot of people are uh, into this, but Lifetime Network, people are watching their Lifetime Christmas movies and Hallmark Christmas movies. Who knew that a card company would get <laughs> so rich that they could make movies and stuff? But Lifetime, got to tune in. We hear phrases about life like the good life. I'm living the good life. A day in the life. Life changing. This was a life changing event. I had another kid in the van on the way to life. <laughs> a life for a life. All walks of life. They're from all walks of life. What do we do when we have a bad day? People tell us to keep on the sunny side of life. And for the life of me, I can't remember it. Larger than life. This person is just larger than life. They can't find a casket big enough for him. He was larger than life. <laughs> get a life. People tell us to get a life. Get off your couch and get a life. Stop watching Lifetime. And if you're familiar with Lion King, you know all about the circle of life. And if you want a good RV, you just listen to KMOX and you call that number when Byerly Trailer 
commercial comes on because for the rest of your life, Byerly trailers, we have half-life. You got to hold on for dear life. If, you, if your life is terrible, then you probably need a life coach. Some people just watch coach and try to get a life, and that doesn't work too well. Probably nobody remembers that show. <laughs> we have life force. Life seems to go on. Life in the fast lane. Heard that song too many times. I'm not even, I don't even seek it out. It just is on somewhere. Life in the fast lane. People say life is too short. Then you're on life support. And it's a matter of life or death. And that's life. It's like the world wants to tell us how to live our lives. They want to put life in front of us. You're just not living your life the way that we think that you should live life. Most people experience life without really living, though. Without really living. They pursue the ends of the earth for greater knowledge, greater experiences, greater understanding, greater meaning. Only to long for a simpler time in their life and go back to their roots. You can look at, some of you might be familiar with the movie Citizen Kane. At the very end of his life, what does he go back to? What He's accomplished so much. He's got all the riches, all the fame. Everybody knows his name. But he goes back to that last moment in his life and he cries out, Rosebud, the one thing that connects him back to his childhood, his sled, his red little sled that he used to go on when he was a child because that's all that mattered to him in the end because he wasn't living life. We have a deep connection to desire life, to pursue life, to live life. It's a God-given desire to not settle for less than what we're created to have or to be. God wants us to have the gift of life. God doesn't want us to question if we're living life in its fullest, if we're fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We know that Jesus is the way. Most of us know that, that Jesus is the way of salvation. We know that the truth lies within him, within his word. Genuine reliability and trust we can put in Jesus Christ. But are we really living the life? Are we living the life part that Jesus intended for us to live? We can know the way, we can know the truth, but are we living that life? If we're saved and if we're redeemed, why do we still sometimes battle with that feeling of deficiency? Like something's missing. If we know that Jesus is the way that leads to truth, and that truth is life to us, then why does the emptiness sometimes still creep up upon us at a moment that we, when we evaluate our purpose? Maybe it's just me today, but sometimes I feel like I'm not living life and I'm not fulfilling the purpose that God has called me to fulfill. Perhaps, though, that our definition of life 
and purpose is infected by a sickness that's more deadly than all diseases. A sickness that's been raging since the tree of life was surpassed for the tree of knowledge. Knowledge of something that we have no business knowing about, good and evil. Brother Ron's message today, his, his teaching was, was right on point. Some of the things that he said about choosing to lose that authority that, that God has placed in our life by choosing the knowledge of good and evil, choosing to be our own God, choosing to walk our own path. But we still have this same problem today. We still want that knowledge of good and evil to, to make decisions in our life, to help us make decisions. Knowledge of what we think is good and evil for us. That's still our problem. That's still what we seek after. That's the human condition that we fight against. Is that desire to judge for ourselves what is good and what is evil. We were meant to give our cares, cast our cares upon God because He cares for us and because He knows what is so much better for us. He knows how to help us live our life the way that we should live it. But it's that definition of life that is, is, is confused. We get so bogged down by what this world thinks life is all about and they try to tell us. And so we, what do we do? We seek after the things that the world wants us to seek. We buy what they tell us to buy. We, 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 we seek after these things. And it becomes such a bogged down feeling of emptiness in the end. We still want to be the judge for us, though. We know ourselves and we know what we can and can't handle, right? That's what we think anyway. But with God, God is saying that it doesn't matter if you can or can't or if you think you can or think you can't handle it. I want to be the one that takes all those burdens, all those weights, all those things that are holding you down, and I want to take them off of you because you're not meant to handle it. Because when you're submitted to God and you're submitted to his will and his desires, then you can start living life because you don't have to think about judging good and evil. No, it's what God says and that's it. If, if it seems good, but God says it's not, then it's not good for me. But we want to be the judge of how to live our lives. Yet, we're still starving for life that is more powerful of a, of a feeling or a thought than we've ever had of anything else. We still starve for life and we still continue to pursue it whenever we decide to be the judge for ourselves. John 10 verse 10 tells us, that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. What does that word abundantly mean? It means exceeding or going beyond. 
In other words, going beyond what the world says life is or just the physical needs of this life. It's an exceeding, abundant, a greater thing going beyond. God wants us to go beyond today. The spirits of this world, they want to minimize the idea of life into something always fleeting, something that's always unobtainable, something that's always unreachable. So that they can reduce it into something that can be stolen. Something that can be killed. Something that can be destroyed. Jesus knew that the only way to live beyond the lies of the temporary desires. That you had to live by the word of God. To live by the word of God. When... when the devil tempted Jesus in the, in the wilderness right after his 40-day fast. It says in Matthew 4, 1 through 4, it says in the English Standard, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. In other words, Jesus wasn't being going to get sidetracked from his ultimate goal of, of living a life of purity, living a life that is not focused upon the here and now, but upon the future of salvation for all of us. That he was going to live by the, lie, by, by the words of the Lord. Not just the written word of God, but listening to the spirit of God. I believe that's what the world is craving so bad. I believe that even in the church, that's what we're craving. And we look for it in all the wrong places. It's the bread of life. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word written or spoken into our hearts. That's what Jesus said he was going to live by. Not get caught up in the moment where he was hungry in the physical. Where he had a desire for um, a physical need to be met right then and there. That's not what life's about. Life's not about an immediate pleasure. But something that will last beyond, beyond that moment. And that is the word of God. <clears throat> so the written word and the spoken word of God, it's life to us. To be desired more than physical nourishment or even experiences. We have to listen to the voice of the Lord because what the Spirit is speaking, it is life unto us. Prayer is not a monologue. It is a dialogue with God. It's us talking to God and listening to his voice. We, we don't need to bring to God just our laundry list and our ideas of whatever we think we need because we don't even know what we need. We're judging with the knowledge of good and evil. And we don't even know what good and evil really is for us. And God's calling us today to listen to his voice listen so that life can come 
Our soul is craving that voice of God. But it, it won't be heard if it's drowned out by the voices of wantonness and of selfishness. Flesh will keep you from being alive. Flesh will keep you from being alive. Your fleshly desires will keep you from living your life. John 6, 63 through 66 tells us, it says, And it is the Spirit who gives life. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And actually, he was talking to his disciples, but he was talking to the crowd that was following him as well. And he says, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who, was, uh, who, who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, why is this I told you? that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. They didn't walk with him after that because he was saying some things that didn't make any sense to their spiritual minds because they were very carnal. They had carnal minds. They couldn't understand the things of God. They weren't taking the time to listen to what Jesus was actually trying to say. They were taking it in a physical way. When he said, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Jesus had just fed the multitude right before this and they were following him, not because they wanted life, but because they wanted fleshly pleasures. When Jesus said that, Except ye eat my flesh and drink my blood, you, you won't have eternal life. They were like, what in the world is this? Is this some kind of creepy vampire thing or what? They're just wondering. They, they couldn't understand it beyond their physical minds. They couldn't get it. The multitude then started departing because they couldn't understand, understand the deep wells of life that were being spoken before them because they were living in the shallow end of the temporary pleasures. They put all their hope in an immediate moment of pleasure and an immediate meal. They were wanting more food. Jesus, can you, can you make something for us right now? You know, you did it before. Show us a sign Show us a sign. We want to see something cool. The immediate meal, the immediate desires, rather than the feast of the gospel of life. Jesus was saying that if you ingest his words of salvation in faith and pursue it and live it every single day and drink his blood of redemption by trusting in his words of healing and forgiveness you will know and have eternal purpose. You'll have life. You'll have destiny. Because we, what you take in and how your body processes it ultimately gives you life or can give you death. If you go out into the woods, there's plenty of moments where I could have done this in Sweden. There's plenty of mushrooms. Some of them look delicious. I could have cut them. And I could have ate them. And then Lindsay would have been calling... 112 or whatever it is, because it ain't 911 there. 
Uh, that would have been fun to try to figure that out in a quick moment of almost death. But there are things that you can eat that will kill you. And there are other things that can give you life. When we take his words and we take his promises and we ingest them and we let them grow in faith, that is where life is produced. But we, are, we need to be connected to the soil that is taking on the seed of the word of God. We need to realize we have to protect this soil. We have to protect this place where life can grow or life can die. The multitude seems to run from life because life comes with a price. The price is a life for a life. A life for a life. And if I was giving out dollars every time I said life, some, some of you guys would be pretty happy right now. <laughs> but you give your life and you, you watch life grow within you when you give your life to Jesus. Everyday faith in his word and a longing to hear his voice, it will be rewarded with what we are asking for in prayer. It will be rewarded. When the word of God is taken in the heart and, and mind and spoken in faith, they become spirit and life. John 6.63 tells us, it says it is the spirit who gives life. It's the spirit who gives life. He wants our every day. He doesn't want half of us. He's just asking for all of us. The desire for life will lead us to the depths of God that we have never known before. We will taste of the richness of His love and of His grace. His eternal favor and blessings and His words are the paths of life. They're the paths of hope. They're the paths of mercy and salvation. If you haven't picked up the Word of God today, when you get home, why don't you open it up? Why don't you read the words of life. Take them in faith. Hold on to them. Go to the book of John. There's so many promises there of what Jesus has fulfilled and will fulfill in your life. His promises of what He wants to be for us. The Gospels are full of moments where Jesus met the needs of people that were broken and hurting just like you and me. And He did it with His words of life. He spoke to the storm, peace be still. He, he, he said to the leper, be healed. Blind eyes be open. The promises that God wants to fulfill, wants to give to us, we can hold on to them. We can have life if we take it with faith and we believe. And we have to start hearing the voice of God on our own. We have to start waiting in prayer and listening for his voice to speak because he is speaking. But we know that we, we can't get on the same frequency as God if we have something else blasting in the background. We have noises that, we, that are so loud. You may, you may have to find moments where it's just a couple minutes alone time with God. Maybe a drive. Maybe, maybe just do your hair a little bit longer in the morning. Take some moments to talk to God because God is trying to talk to you. God is trying to give you life. He's not going to withhold life from you. 
If we could have our uh, musicians come, I want to close on this. <clears throat> but you, you never really can truly appreciate the life of the Spirit until you've gone to a place where there is just so much darkness and there is so much death spiritually. And we take it for granted every day how much life that we experience right here in this room and the presence of God that is so strong and, and the peace of God that, that calms a troubled soul. This world doesn't know about that. They don't understand it. That Some of them think they're past that. That, that that's some kind of medieval thinking to rely on some God. And they make paintings of him and statues of him. And, and it's just, a, it's just a, a figure. It's just a, an art piece. But there is a God that is seeking the hearts and lives of men and women today. And he's in this place. And he wants us to commit our lives to him. It's going to be pretty easy to give your life to God at this altar. But it's going to be a lot harder to walk with God every day. But if you want life, Jesus offers life today. Psalm 63, 1 through 4, while David is in this wilderness place in Judea, he feels the thirst in his physical mouth, in his physical body. He's feeling a thirst coming upon him. But his mind goes to the God that he serves, the God that gave him life. He says, O oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I long for you to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. He found a place and a trust in God that was greater than even life itself and the gift that God has given us in life. That loving kindness means unfailing love, loyal love, devotion, kindness. And it's often based upon prior relationship. David put his trust in God and he's seen that his loving kindness is better than even life itself. It's a loving kindness that comes from a covenant relationship with God that's only experienced by a life that is fully laid down before the Lord, fully surrendered, and so today I'm asking, if you want life, if you're tired of feeling the weight of lifelessness, if you're tired of feeling the weight of hopelessness or confusion, or maybe you have hurt that has happened to you in other churches or in other friendships or in family members have hurt you, people have hurt you, and people have said, well, that's just life, and that's just the way it is, and you just got to deal with it. 
Well, I'm telling you, there's no better way to deal with that today than at an altar and at a place where God wants to meet you today. So if we can, I, I wish that everyone would come and come to the front. And, and I want us to lay our lives down and make a fresh commitment to God and ask him to show us life, to speak life into our souls. Why don't we do that today? Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, God. You are the light that shines in darkness. Illuminate our souls today, Jesus. Lord, maybe we're holding on to things. We don't even know how to let go of them, God. The hurt, maybe sins that we've done, God, that we can't seem to get rid of the thought of our failings, God, and our our shortcomings, Lord Jesus, but your life was broken, Jesus, so that we could live, God. Lord, your blood was shed, Jesus, so that our sins could be completely wiped clean, Jesus, so that this life could be lived more abundantly than ever before. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, speak life. Teach us to listen for your words of life today, God. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God.